that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people and I've played some too. And there's one thing I know, people like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all making this evening? Thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast while I'm talking out my ass. Got a good show for you. Joining me tonight is Dr. Jerry Satanovich, the coroner of Jefferson Parish, who for quite a while I used to list as my primary care physician. And we are going to talk about this latest drug that's on the street that uh, unfortunately is not good or healthy, but it is habit forming. And we'll also talk about the COVID. But in the meantime, we got to talk about this. Just when you thought 2020 had served up the worst it had to offer, here comes hurricane season and the flooding rains of summer, right? Does the sound of thunder strike fear in your home in a good year? Well, I can't help you with pandemics or Saharan sand, but I can tell you how to fix your flooding problem. Call the team at Home Team Elevation. Their precision home raising equipment will lift you above the floods. It's height done right, guaranteed. Get your flooding problem fixed now with the Home Team Advantage. Experienced, hands-on, local owners. In the worry, stop insurance rate hikes. You want design choices? On the Home Team, you're the MVP. So don't wait, elevate with Home Team Elevation because the flood stops here. Get your free quote at 3011222, 3011222, or go to hometeamelevation.com. All right, so we're talking to uh, Dr. Jerry Satanovich, the coroner of Jefferson Parish, who, quite frankly, I, it was a good seven, eight months, I think, after I first met you before I realized that you weren't uh, you weren't in the restaurant business, that you were actually a, an emergency room doctor. That's That was kind of, yeah, I don't know, you, you got that restaurant smile, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, Swan. Well, well, I mean, everybody's got their own calling. Everybody's got their own vo- vocation. But, I mean, come on, it's Dracos, man. I mean, how come... How come the, the, the call of medicine was able to lure you away from uh, from char grilled oysters? It's funny how that goes. You know, when I was um, when I was uh, 12 years old, I developed a, uh, a thyrotoxicosis and got really sick, had to have surgery, wound up going up to the Mayo Clinic, had a lot of complications. And I think um, when you are exposed to you know, uh, doctors and nurses, at that age, you're either going to have a really good experience or a really bad experience. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky in that, uh, you know, the doctors and nurses that took care of me were great and made a great impression on me. And uh, it, it kind of, you know, literally, I was, I think, 13 years old when I told my mom I wanted to be a doctor. And I'm sure she was happy, either, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, something like that. You don't want to work in a restaurant? You're going to wash dishes. Get in it. <laughs> did you did you work your way through school doing that man chopping onions and washing dishes or did you get the wait tables? Oh heck yeah! Look, you know something? It's funny because when we were young, we, you know, both Tommy and myself worked, and you know, I always wanted to be in the front of the house. I either wanted to be you know, a, a waiter, or at the host stand, or behind the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, Tommy always wanted to do. He liked the, the the back of the house as much as he liked the front of the house. So he worked as a waiter. He worked behind the bar, but he also worked in the kitchen. He also enjoyed cooking, which I never really, uh, uh, you know, had a calling for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
you know, some people do and some people don't. Some people have a calling to be a cook or a chef and they don't have the talent to do it, you know. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm a good cook. My wife is an excellent cook. You know, she and Frank Brightson swap recipes all the time. But 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 I'll tell I'll tell you something. I think that you know you know when I was when I opened up my own business um, and was successful at it, and Tommy is obviously very successful uh, running the, the the restaurants now. You know we we've got five. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, heard you yeah. might have another one coming up for Yeah, much. rumors has it we're, we're crossing our fingers. But you know, I think for us growing up in the family business, um, we didn't realize it at the time, but it was an amazing foundation that we had. And it gives us, a, you know, it gave both of us a huge advantage at everything we've done in life. Well, you know what? But it's not just that. It's uh, growing up in the family business. I guess is the right way to put it. Because there's a lot of people who, who, whose parents or grandparents have started a business and and it became hugely successful and they're like famous. And then the next thing you know, they leave it to the grandkids who gamble it away. Uh, you guys are not like that, but you, but y'all were in there waiting tables and chopping onions and, and, you know, toting big sacks of potatoes and everything else. I mean, so you really were hands-on from the bottom of the business up. And I think that's what, what the smart thing about your parents, uh, uh, is by actually making you do the hands-on and see, you know, how, exactly what you're getting into if you decide to get into it, but also having a, have, have an appreciation for all the effort for everybody else's working on this kind of stuff. Oh, oh, heck yeah. And look, you said sacks of potatoes. You meant sacks of oysters. No, I don't I don't want to pick up sacks of oysters because uh, <laughs> they scratch your back too much. We we picked up a lot of sacks of oysters. We opened up a lot of oysters. And I got the I still have the scars on my hands to prove it. How do you open up an oyster? I can't do it. I've tried. I know you stick that little knife in there, but I mean Yeah, well you you've got you've got your curved lead apparatus. I forget what they call it. And and it you know, allows you to wedge the oyster in there, and then there's two ways. Some people go to the to the back end, like the hinge, mm-hmm. and they'll pop the hinge, and other people just get it from the side. My, my preference has always been to get it from the side. Well, my preference is uh, either raw on the half shell or char grilled on the half shell. And oh, uh, I'll, I'll leave the, I'll leave the opening up to you to you pros like that. Hey man, yeah. hey, you know, I mean, you had to practice going to medical school, so when you got there, you're going, hey, bro, I can pop an oyster, so uh, you know, I, I should be able to test out of this class and move on to scalpels. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> All right, well, let me get down to the reason I I I, uh, I asked you to be on the Spudcast podcast here, talking about my ass is uh, there's a new drug. I, I, I passed by you on my way to a meeting, and uh, I saw you were talking to, uh, to some newsies out there about this latest uh, bane to uh, civilization, which has found its way to Jefferson Paris, which is another means of uh, escapism. Except this escapism is getting worse and worse. I mean, pot smoking is, is getting to be pretty much the norm and things like that. But uh, needles and heroin and morphine and fentanyl and all this kind of stuff that that's just never going to be kosher because nobody knows it's like it's like the the drug uh, passages where they then fall on the state and on the national level you know it's like we want to know where the drugs come from because if you just buy stuff from somewhere you don't know what it is same thing buying drugs on the street and now they got this more dangerous drug that's out there and you don't know if you're going to get a hot shot you don't know if what what these guys are doing if they know what they're doing when they sell you this crap so uh, what what is what is the latest uh, what is the latest thing on the street that everybody needs to uh, worry about their children for? 
Well, look, it's it's still fentanyl. It's, it's been fentanyl for a few years, both regular fentanyl and the uh, and the um, uh, synthetic fentanyls, both. You know, our overdoses of fentanyl, our fentanyl, fentanyl-related overdoses will more than double in 2020 compared to 2019. It's, I mean, it's, uh, we've had increases every year for, you know, for a few years now, but, you know, doubling is, is, a, is a huge uh, quantum leap for us. Now, the drug that we were talking about the other day was uh, we ran into uh, one case a couple weeks ago um, of the street term for it is purple heroin. And um, I've heard that term. First, yeah, this is the first case of it um, that that we're aware of through the DEA, you know, on the Gulf Coast. I mean, they, they, I think it's been up in the um, like Michigan and Illinois and Arizona, but uh, they've had about 30 deaths around the country, um, but not in our region until um, until a couple weeks ago. We had one case. We've had no cases since then. This stuff is called brorf. The, the active ingredient of what they call purple heroin is called brorphine, B-R-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. And um, it's very similar to synthetic fentanyl. It's got similar potency, which means it's 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine. So it only takes an amount the size of a few grains of sand of the, of the pure stuff to deliver a fatal dose. Well, let me let me step back for a second. When you said uh, you've seen uh, drug overdoses double here, what were they before? I mean, how many how many people die of overdoses in Jefferson Parish? Because I mean, I know you keep statistics, but you're the coroner of Jefferson Parish. How many people pass because of that in this parish yearly? Yeah, uh, this year we're going to have uh, I think right under two hundred. That's too many. Um, That's for, of the fentanyl, um, I don't have my statistics in front of me. I apologize. That's all right. Uh, but we were right under two hundred this year. It's a, it's a so we number. were a hundred last year. Yeah. Now, but it's but that's fentanyl overdoses. I, I mean. That's the number one overdose. How many people yeah, overdose? Right now, that's that's the number one at this point. Well, how that's many people like, overdose uh, across the board with all the other types of uh, illicit narcotics? Uh, about a, about another another 50 i'd say oh well that's, then yeah and fentanyl yeah well then yeah. fentanyl's that that's why they they od because it's too powerful and they don't know what they're dealing with yeah and you know the, the other things we see we see a you know a few morphines a few methamphetamines we see some pills uh but you see a lot of times when you hear that somebody took a xanax pill and died or or you know uh, or uh, or um a valium pill and died or a vicodin pill and died Typically, what you find out down the road is that they didn't die of, of you know, from the Vicodin. They, they died because of, uh, of a fentanyl overdose. Because what they're doing is they're taking, they're pressing fentanyl into pills and making it look like other things. And, um, and, and you know, people just have no idea. So, I mean, are, are people doing it in like, so they have like, say, a, a, a bottle of oxycodone that has a legitimate doctor's name and prescription on there, but actually what they have is fake fentanyl. Yes, exactly. So uh, um, you know, the supply of, of prescription narcotics, okay, the, the Vicodin pills and the, and the Percocet and the Oxycontins, you know, the supply has dried up a lot over the last, you know, you know seven, eight years because, you know, we've got this great prescription monitoring program in Louisiana that uh, basically 
you know, it makes doctor shopping extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you, if you come in to see a doctor at a clinic and tell them that you've got this flare up of your back pain that happens once a year and, and, and you're writhing in pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, that doctor, before they write you a prescription, will go check the, the prescription monitoring program uh, online. And they'll see that you went and got prescriptions you know, for pain medicines three days ago from somebody else. Yeah. So it makes it very difficult. So what happens is, you know, one of the unfortunate byproducts of that is people are going and trying to get stuff off the street. And a lot of what they're getting is, is fake. Most of what they're getting is fake. Well, but I, I can also I can also go and I'm saying this like I'm going to go do it. But let's say I do have that kind of uh, that kind of problem and I go get my pills. I can dump that pill bottle out and go sell that bottle to somebody who's selling illicit stuff. And they can I mean, I can sell them that bottle for 50 bucks and then sure. they, can, they can go and press some fentanyl into pills. And then somebody else can be walking around with a bottle full of fentanyl with my name and number on it and everything else. That's not yeah, right. It, it, it is. I mean, that's the thing is, remember, anybody that buys those pills, you know, off the street, it, it's a buyer beware situation because, mm-hmm. you know, you're counting on a drug dealer to to be a pharmacist and titrate these very powerful drugs in a way that makes you high but doesn't kill you. Good so, luck with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it, it's very, very difficult. Um and so it's not surprising that we see overdoses of it. All right. I'm going to step away for a second. When we come back, we'll pick it up right here and talk about that. And we'll also talk about what else is the most dangerous thing that people need to look out for in Jefferson Parish. Because there's, I can, I pull up statistic sheets all the time about what's the number one killer. And it's always heart attacks. But there's a lot of close number twos and threes. Talking with uh, the Jefferson Parish coroner, Dr. Jerry Satanovich, who I'm trying to, uh, trying to convince him to give me a gift certificate for about six dozen char grills. But, you know, I'll pick that up on the other side of this break. Spud here, and you know the first place I go when my family needs to see a doctor's rapid urgent care. I mean, you're in and out of there in 40 minutes, give or take. You spend that much time in an ER just waiting to get triaged. From a broken ankle to a bee sting to a COVID test, rapid urgent care has got you covered with clinics all over southeast Louisiana. You don't need an appointment. Just walk right in with your ID and your insurance card. Or you can sign up for their health care partnership. Rapid Urgent Care also has a telemed center. Just waiting for your call might save you a trip. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find out more and to find the clinic nearest you. Hey, what you got going this weekend? Can't go to the game. You can't even tailgate. So what you going to do? Go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured charter guide on lasaltwater.com. Super easy to follow that website. What you going to catch? Where you want to catch it? How you want to catch it? All the big ones are waiting for you. And to top it off, you'll still be able to watch the game on TV at the lodge at the end of the day of fishing. Sounds great? Got an open spot for you, babe. You want in? Just sign up on lasaltwater.com. Back uh, with Dr. Jerry Satanovich, coroner of Jefferson Parish. We were talking before about these uh, illicit drugs out on the street and the overdose level. What what other things do people need? I mean, look, we know about drunk driving. We know about, you know, a bunches of different things about how people pass. What 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 do people in Jefferson Parish need to be more concerned about than anything else? The, give me the top two or three. Well, um, you know, um... You know, th- these days, I guess the number one thing everybody's always concerned about is the COVID, yes. of course. Um, but outside of that, you know, the you know, leading causes of death are cardiovascular. Um, you know, we always worry, 
you know, the, the, the ones that are, you know, somewhat preventable are your accidents, your overdoses, and those are the things that we are constantly preaching to people about. Well, the accidents on the street, I mean, more and more of them, yeah, you still got drunk drivers, but more and more of them is just distracted. People like texting and driving, you know, yes. things like that. Absolutely. All right. Well, yeah. let's talk, let's, let's talk COVID then since, I mean, it's obviously the big thing right now. Everybody's concerned about that. A lot of people are like, you know, the, the people who are passing from COVID are the, are the uh, infirmed for one reason or another, people who are in, immunodeficient. The very old or the very young, although the very young were surviving COVID pretty good. We're starting to see children get worse from it. But uh, basically, your your standard healthy young fella wandering the streets might get sick, but it, uh, keeling over permanently from COVID doesn't seem to be a big a big issue with, with the healthy. That That is correct. And I'll tell you, uh, what's interesting is every year when we have the seasonal flu, mm -hmm. I, you know, we'll have somebody who gets sick in a day and the next day they're dead and we figure out it was the seasonal flu and it, we're talking about a healthy 12 year old or a healthy 21 year old mm -hmm. um and it, and it everybody just shakes their head and tries to figure out what happened but we we do see it uh we don't see as much of that uh, uh with the COVID, which is you know kind of interesting because it, it is it has a um a life of its own with the way yeah, it attacks us, and and you're right. It, it is. It, mu it, it mutates. It's it's mutated a lot. It's changed a lot because we look like today, there were a hundred thousand new cases in the country, and uh, um, you know, but the you know, but the overwhelming majority of those people obviously are not badly sick. Yeah. Like me. Well, that's just it. I mean, those are the statistics that we get, Jerry. And it's like. Okay, oh, another 100,000 people got COVID. Well, every time they say that, the image that we all have is, oh, there goes another 100 hospital beds, and maybe half of those are ICUs. And the fact of the matter, that's just not the case. I mean, go home, drink some orange juice, and uh, just don't yes. get off the couch for four or five days, and you'll be all right. Well, it's the same it, thing with the flu or a bad cold. And let me remind you, back in March, okay, when we were peaking with the COVID, in Louisiana, we had 2,100 people hospitalized with COVID. I think at our peak, a little bit more than 2,100. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you know the majority of those were in the Metro New Orleans area. You know, because you know, remember this, you know, COVID really kind of concentrated here in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now we have about 500 people in the hospital across the entire state. Yet the number of cases of COVID in Louisiana continue to stay really high. So, um, you know, I, I I do think I think you're right. I do think that there's been some sort of a mutation. It's made it less lethal, you know, but it still remains a significant concern for people with what they call comorbidities. That would well, be, I, I got diabetes. Uh, yeah, I heard, I read like 40% of the people who died had diabetes, yeah, you know, diabetes, so. high blood pressure, kidney disease, lung disease, obesity. Those are the people who are more at risk. Well, I'm uh, fat and I got diabetes. Yeah. And, so. <laughs> and, and you know something, I have a, a, a you know, a friend who has who had almost all the comorbidities and got COVID and barely got sick. So, so it's a it's a different. You know what? Your body, everybody's body, is a little bit different, obviously. Exactly. And everybody, like it's like it's like you know, everybody in your house gets a cold and you don't, you know, because you had this exact same cold virus five years ago. So now you're not going to get. But there's a a kajillion cold viruses. There's a kajillion flu viruses. I mean, every year I get my flu shot, but it's a shot in the dark. I mean, it's the best guess of the one that they make. 
every year. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that people are concerned about with this COVID vaccine is that you're going to be mandated to take it. And if that's the case, well, why aren't you mandated to take the flu shot? Why aren't you mandated to not smoke? You know, people, I, I think people are just getting mixed and misinterpretations and too many different people's opinions to the point where you can't make up your mind. So you don't want to believe anything. Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because we do have mandatory vaccinations, you know, for, for kids and all, but, you know, so do you make this COVID vaccination mandatory? My personal opinion is you do not, you shouldn't. I mean, you know, it should be recommended strongly, mm-hmm. especially for people who are at risk. Okay. But, um, you know, after that, it, it it should be people's decision if they want to get it or not. And, um, you know, but, but the most important thing is the people who are at risk, you know, need to get that vaccine. Well, I'm probably going to get it, but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to be first. I ain't going to be the first one in line. I can tell you that because yeah. I might be fat and lazy with diabetes, but uh, I'm also not a guinea pig. I'm just a yeah, regular well, pig. You know, I think that, um, you know, they have accelerated the pace of developing the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know, and and normally when they produce a vaccine and and run it by the FDA and get approved, then they start manufacturing, which takes another six to nine months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they've they've been uh, you know that's part of that Operation Warp Speed is, you know, they have paid the pharmaceutical companies to start developing to start manufacturing the vaccine now, even before it's approved. I think what the government's told them is, look, if it if it winds up not working, we will eat the cost. So I do think that that it's it's being developed a lot faster. I'm not sure uh, if it's um, mm-hmm. uh, if there's if there's been a lot of um, shortcuts or, or or negligence. I think I think you know, look, these are good companies that are putting their reputation on the line. Um, so I, I think that uh, you know, yeah, you know, my understanding is you know. It, it's turned out to not be as difficult as they thought to create the vaccines. Well, we're talking to a, a, a fellow who lives up the street from us who's a scientist, and he works with parasites and virus. And he's the one who told us about that. He said all viruses, quite frankly, I mean, obviously there are a few exceptions, but they're probably, you know, it's going to take who much knows how long it's going to take for those things to mutate. But a virus doesn't want to kill you because if it kills you, it kills itself. A virus that wants to mutate so that it can spread. But the more lethal it is, the less distance it can spread. You know, so that's that's that was the the story about mutation we got from our from our friend who deals with this stuff all the time. So I, you know, but how do you? I'm going to believe him because I know him. Because if there's something's wrong, I can go up the street and go, "Hey, you're you're an asshole. You were you lied <laughs> to me." You know, but uh, I I can't I can't go up to Dr. Fauci and go, "Hey, you know, you've got too many stock options going on over here, so I'm not sure I'm buying everything that you're saying because you might have a personal gain to it." So I you know, that's that's why I'm left out here tap dancing in the dark, which is why I call somebody like you. Yeah, no, I, you you bring up a good point. You know, I mean, all, all those uh, you know, you know, you know those guys you, you can never tell what's really going on with them. And, but, and 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 look, let's be honest. You know, when it comes to COVID, it's the most politicized disease in our history. That's the truth. It is. It's been it's been politicized and some people say weaponized. I don't know. You know what? If if I didn't have diabetes, if I wouldn't be one of the one of the groups that are like uh, plus I'm fat. But if I wasn't in one of those groups, I'd probably be one of the people going, uh, I I I would I would make somebody make me put on my mask. 
you know, I said, I'll, I'll have it in my pocket. Well, you got to put your mask on. Oh, okay. I'm putting it on, but you're, you're a moron for buying into this, but I ain't going to do yeah, that. You know, it's everybody's look, on call. Yeah. And look, I know some very smart doctors who are, you know, specialists in, uh, in, I don't want to get, you know, but who, who laugh at the whole masking thing. Mm-hmm. Well, so N95 is the only one that works with this shit. These cloth things that I'm wearing and people, you know, you talk to a nurse who deals with this every day and going, well, I guess that's better than nothing. Well, if it's better, if it's not much better than nothing, then why am I breathing my own bad breath? You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, look, I think, I think that the truth lies in between, you know, if you decrease the velocity of the air that comes out of your mouth and a cloth covering does that, mm-hmm. then you, you know, you, you're the, the radius with which you're spreading disease is smaller. That's the logic behind the masks. And it makes sense to me. Like I said, I, I know people that, that, that don't believe in it. Personally, I'm, I, I'd rather wear the mask. That, you know, and, and well, and they also least, got, you got businesses out there, new shoes, no shirt, no service. You know, I mean, so I can't spend my money in here because I don't have a shirt on. Okay, I'll spend my money. But this is, this is different. You want, you want to buy something in here, you got to put a mask on. You got to buy yeah. groceries, so put your mask on. As soon as you walk out the door, take it off. That's up to you. But while you're in here, you got to wear a mask or else you can go to some store that don't require it. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. You doing all right, though? Everybody's copacetic? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, know, came down with the COVID, which is kind of, you know. Yeah, you sound a little rough. Yeah, my my, my wife and I, you know, can't figure out where we contracted it. But, um, you know, know, it is what it is. We got it. And we I'll tell you this. It was really hard trying to remember everybody I was around the last four days before mm-hmm. I got diagnosed, so I could let them know. It's you know, yeah, it just shows me that my memory is not as good as it used to be. No, so it doesn't. Speaking, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, come on, man! Look, I don't, I don't bump into nearly as many people as you do, and I couldn't remember all of them. And I know I'm getting old, but I ain't that old. But who the hell can sit there? Well, all you got to do is like walk by somebody and go, "Hey, bro, how you doing?" Shake their hand and go. And it's like, you're a politician for crying out loud. You should, you know. But, but listen, it is a, a, a potential exposure is, is being within six feet of somebody with or without a mask for 15 cumulative minutes. Okay. So, you know, it, you don't have to just tell everybody you're around. You kind of got to do that math in your head too. Mm-hmm. Like I did, you know, I saw somebody and I said, hey, to him in, in the hallway. You don't need to notify them. It's it's, it's people who you think you might be close to that fifteen minutes. I don't know. Um, I don't know if the fifteen minutes is there. I mean, one sneeze. Quite frankly, I mean, how many how many fifteen fifteen minutes of cooties coming out of your mouth? How many how many cooties are going to come out of your mouth in fifteen minutes as opposed to like, you know, I mean, if you just walk by somebody and nod at them, yeah, I I can't see anything like that happening. But I you know. I'm 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 hard pressed to buy the 15 minute thing because there's too many people out there who, who yep, I hear you yeah who get who get hit by it and I think it's a per person thing some people are more susceptible to it some people it's like some people smoke their entire lives and never get a cough somebody else you know smokes one joint and the next thing you know man they got a black spot on their lung so it's, I don't know there's no way to predict all that stuff you just got to you got to be wise to yourself and just do the best you can and every now and then. Uh, have a pizza, you know, you, you or some right. char grilled. <laughs> Have two dozen char grilled and a pitcher of beer. Wait, a minute, what do you what do you got to lose, Jerry? I appreciate it, man. I'm sorry you got the big cootie, but if I were you, I'd just sit in the recliner and drink a lot of orange juice and watch TV. 
That's, that's kind of what I'm doing. Oh, man. I wish I could do that. I just don't want the cootie to do it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll keep thinking about you. I hope you get a lot better. Have a great day, Spud. Thank you. All right, Jerry. See you later. Bye. If you find yourself near Metro Road on breakfast time or lunch, you should make a pass by the Blue Line Sandwich Company. If you find yourself in Kenner at breakfast time or lunch, you should make a pass by the Blue Line Sandwich Company. Chalmette, the best bank uptown, make a pass by the Blue Line Sandwich Company. Chef Brad McGee uses fresh from the farm ingredients, makes his own corned beef, conchon de lait, and a jam in a day. Custom catering, dine in and carry out, or let waiter bring your sandwich straight to you. The Blue Line Sandwich Company, 2023 Metro Road, a block off of Bonneville. Call Chef Brad at 504-309-3773. I scream, you scream, we all scream for beads and doubloons and coconuts and marching bands and walking clubs and tableaus and mask balls and mystic crews and everything else that says Mardi Gras. Keep Mardi Gras what it's always been, a family event before Lent. If you want to help keep traditions alive, go to MardiGrasAlliance.com and join the growing group of businesses, citizens, and carnival entities that want to keep Mardi Gras a safe and happy event without it being regulated to death. Go to MardiGrasAlliance.com and laissez les bon temps rouler. All right, so uh, thanks, Dr. Jerry Satanovich. I appreciate you taking the time here. Coroner Jefferson Parish, uh, talking about the drugs that are out there. Please be careful, and be careful of the cootie. Because it ain't gone away yet, and who knows? Anyway, he'll let you know when the uh, when the vaccine's ready, and I'll, he'll let me know, and I'll let you know. In the meantime, thanks for joining me. Uh, tomorrow on the Spudcast, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the mayor and her committee have put together their rules about what they think uh, Mardi Gras 2021 is going to look like, and Arthur Hardy is like, uh, oh, no, you didn't. So we're going to talk with Arthur here on the Spudcast tomorrow night. In the meantime, you can go to his website, MardiGrawGuide.com, and read all about what they think is going to happen. <laughs> anyway, you can find the Spudcast podcast on, uh, on Spotify, on Red Circle, on iHeart, on Google Music Play, on, uh, what do you call it, Public Radio, on Pandora. You can also find it on Facebook pages, Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell, and the big teasy. And I'm also on Twitter at SpudGotDat. At SpudGotDat. If you want to send me a message, an idea for a show, or if you want to go on a, on a list, an email list, and I'll email you a podcast directly, go to thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow night with Arthur Hardy. Y'all watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.